0: Welcome to Views from the Zoo. I am George Mikulowski with Pittsburgh Sports Now, with my co-host Stephen Thompson of the Pit News. And today we will be bringing on Stephen Bailey of 24-7 Sports to preview the Pitt-Syracuse basketball game on Wednesday. Stephen is the go-to stop for Syracuse News, and he does have the blue check on Twitter, so he is the real deal. Uh, welcome on, Stephen. It's great to have you here.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it.
2: Glad to have you, Stephen. First, we want to ask you how Syracuse looked uh, against Rutgers, their only loss. Of course, we want to get a sense for how they looked against, you know, kind of a power five opponent and a good one.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because they played seven games, right? And it's hard to kind of get a barometer for where any team is in a span like that. Syracuse has had two extended breaks. Uh, So the Rutgers game is a good one to look at. Um, I think it was Syracuse's worst game defensively. Um, The guards really struggled to stop dribble penetration. Rutgers did a nice job of screening up top, especially on the backside. Um, You know, they would swing the ball. You screen the backside guard at the top of the zone, create penetration, force the wing to kind of make a decision. They were getting a lot of drive and kick threes. On the second half, just a lot of layups and and good shots in the paint. Um, Now, how much of that was Syracuse playing against a good opponent? And, And Rutgers certainly is. Ron Harper Jr. looked really, really good. Uh, and also a team that can rebound. I think Syracuse got beat up on the boards pretty well there. Uh, how much of it was, you know, them coming off a layoff, uh, you know, the start of the season. So it's really hard for me to put too much stock in any one game. Uh, but for sure the defense was rough that game, especially Joe Girard, uh, Rutgers attacked him pretty relentlessly. Um, you know, offensively, it seemed like both Joe and Alan Griffin forced shots, uh, Part of that could have been due to the fact that they were without Buddy Beheim. Uh, he was out due to contact tracing. The three of them are, are clearly their best outside shooters. Um, so, we'll, you know, with Buddy not there, that tightens up some of the spacing on the outside. You, you have probably two non-shooters on the floor instead of one in their most common lineups. Um, so, again, you have all these variables, right? How much stock do you put into any one? Uh, but we definitely saw Syracuse's inability to, to stop drivers that that plagued them last year show up against Rutgers and that's something that I'm going to have my eye on as we transition into conference play.
0: So at six and one uh, I mean they've obviously had a solid start to the year although they lost against Rutgers. Um, Right now they're 25th Syracuse in the NCAA's NET rankings. Um, So what are their biggest strengths and weaknesses as a team would you say?
1: Yeah good question. Um, You know I think potentially <laughs> what I think their biggest strength is, is their basically their offensive ceiling. Um, you know, they have been without Barama Sidibe, their starting center since the first game of the year. And they've gone small. They put Marek Dolezal at the five. Uh, and offensively, it's it's been pretty interesting to watch. Um, they'll run the offense through Marek. And usually he's got a plus matchup against a traditional big. He'll force help. We usually have two shooters around him, be it Joe Girard, uh, Alan Griffin, Buddy Beheim, and Quincy Garrier has, has, has absolutely feasted as kind of the dive man in those situations. And, you know, they've run different actions for him to try and get him downhill. Um, but, yeah, offensively with Marek at the five and, and potentially three to four good shooters around him, the spacing has allowed them to, to just tear it up at times. Um, with Barama coming back, in theory that gives you some flexibility. You can match up against teams – with who who are going to play multiple traditional bigs, who are going to try and go at you that way? Uh, Barama is a senior; he's their top rebounder last year. Uh, he basically he tore his meniscus within like the first four minutes of the season. Uh, he'll be back for the pit game, so I think they're going to ease him back in. Uh, but but so yeah, so I think offensively they've got firepower, and I think they've also got versatility now that you have Barama back. They're comfortable with their small ball lineup, and they've got you know they can go with a traditional big. Uh, they've got three guards who they really like: Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, and Kadari Richmond. Uh, Kadarius Richmond's a true freshman who has been really, really impressive. Um, he's like almost ambide- ambidextrous. He broke his left hand when he was, uh, I think, like a, a, a ten or eleven. He said so. He did tons of like rehab with it, and like it's he's right-handed, but you if you wouldn't know it if you were just watching it, his left is really exceptional. So. Um, Yeah, I think from a strength perspective, I think offensive firepower and I think versatility, which will be really important kind of as you get into conference play. Uh, The weakness is the defense. I mean, again, dribble penetration is something they struggled with big time last year Um, when Joe Girard and Buddy Bam are the two guards at the top of the zone. I mean, teams are going to try and swing it, you know, pull them out of position. Maybe they take a risk and attack. Uh, When Kadara Richmond's in the game, the defense has been notably better. He's, I believe, one of the ACC's steals leaders. Um, He's just got more length uh, considerably. I mean, two to three inches on Joe. Um, Good instincts, rarely caught out of position. Uh, He's blocked some shots, too. So, you know, I think he gives them an edge there. He just doesn't have quite the same uh, shooting prowess, you know, offensively, and that changes the way teams defend Syracuse. So, yeah, dribble penetration and then, Uh, rebounding too you know we'll see how it looks with with barama back so i'm kind of a little more wary of pointing to that just because of the sample size but yeah getting getting stops and and not letting people get in the paint was what killed syracuse last year and i haven't seen enough this year to think that it's it's not going to really be a weakness
2: Earlier you mentioned a couple of uh, uh, layoffs that Syracuse have had. Uh, one of them came pretty recently, right? Do you expect them to come out rusty because of those uh, – or come out rusty on Wednesday because of any of those layoffs?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. So they had – so they have paused three times. The first was about 14 days right before the season opener after Jim Beheim and an undisclosed player tested positive for COVID. Uh, they got one day of practicing before the Bryant game, and, like, they barely won. They won 85-84. Um, you know, Bryant has, has played some good games since then, but, uh, you know, they, Jim Beheim basically said after the game that they never should have played. They weren't ready, and he kind of went on his, one of his, uh, his trademark rants. Um, then they had a three-day pause after a walk-on, an undisclosed walk-on tested positive, and then that's why Buddy Beheim and a few other players were out for that Rutgers game because they were in contact tracing. Uh, this time around they played Buffalo – Two weeks ago, two-plus weeks ago, Buffalo has a player test positive. Syracuse gets into um, – Buffalo had a, a member of the program test positive. Syracuse – Jim Baham and Syracuse have said that, a bu- that multiple Buffalo people in their program including presumably players tested positive. So SU players got pulled into contact tracing. We don't have the full story, but basically they haven't practiced as a team for two weeks. They'll get four practices in before the pit game. I think – I think they should look better than they did against Bryant Four practices, is a lot compared to one. Um, and they did more, a lot more running during this break than the last one. Um, they were able to do one guys were able to come in for one-on-one work with a coach at a distance. Um, they were able to set up their shooting machines to, to get reps there. So I think from a conditioning perspective and from like a basketball shape, like getting your wind sprinting back and forth, I think they will be better there uh, as far as like timing of the offense and defensive rotations and, kind of more of the chemistry-based stuff, uh, I would expect some rust. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something I'll have an eye on. And Pittsburgh hasn't played in a couple of weeks too, so I'm, I'm sure that kind of works both ways. So,
0: yeah, you mentioned Joe Girard earlier, and he's one of the guys in Syracuse roster that kind of, kind of pops out to me just because I remember when he was in high school and the kid would score. I don't know what his averages or records were or anything. He put up insane numbers just from what I remember. And this year I mean he's averaging 11.1 right now I see. Um is there any threat like that him or anyone else on this team is going to blow up tomorrow and drop like
1: 30 on us? Like who who's it going to be? Um uh, I mean it could it could be Joe. I mean he played like public high school in central New York. So it's it's that's Obviously very different. Um, you know, I think Syracuse is a few different guys who could kind of go off at any time. Joe's a streaky shooter. He could he could drop 30 or 35, or he could be sitting on the bench for the last eight minutes of the game, and they could roll with Kadari Richmond at point guard. Uh, I, I think if I had to guess who it would be, it would be Alan Griffin, uh, the Illinois transfer. He's a junior, came in over the over the offseason, um, had kind of been used as a spot-up shooter at Illinois, and, and like a 3 and D kind of guy, and he wanted to play on ball more. Uh, he has done that in Syracuse, and it's it's been interesting because you've seen what he can do, but you've also seen a guy who maybe isn't used to some of those situations, uh, lost the ball, you know, he'll drive in, maybe isn't sure exactly what to do in the paint or uh, plays a little over aggressive sometimes, but he also makes some really impressive shots. He's a great playmaker. It feels like an eternity ago, but that Buffalo game, he had a chase down block to force overtime. I mean, it was one of the more impressive Plays I've seen. I think Jim bayham said it might be the best block that he's seen in the carrier dome, which is something that Jim would like to say. So I don't know how much historical credence that actually garners. But um, yeah, Alan Griffin, I mean, if, if he's feeling it, he is going to put the shots up. Uh, and Buddy bayham can get him too. So, you know, I'd say any of those three guys, it, it, it kind of feels like whoever's hot, they try and get the ball to. Uh, and then, you, you know, like I said, they kind of have seven guys who could reasonably be on the court at the end of the game, depending on match up and fit and, and who's playing well and foul trouble. So yeah, I mean, I think, like I said, that having that versatility is kind of what makes them hard to defend. So I could see any of them going off. And I think, you know, depending on how the game's going, I'm sure Pitt will adjust its defense based on on who's shooting well and the actions that Syracuse is trying to run.
2: So you guys it was a while ago, but uh, off to Syracuse is off to a good start in the ACC. One and zero, blowout went over Boston College a few weeks ago. Um, how do you see the Syracuse team stacking up in, in the ACC as the season goes forward?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it's it's so hard to like put stock in like almost anything that we've seen, especially because you don't. I mean, there's the schedules are in place, but who's just everything's changing. You know, every week you have different games pop open, like the pick game got moved up um, from February. And now you've got that date open. So there's a new opponent going there. Like, broadly speaking, I think their versatility helps them. They can match up with most teams. If Barama Sidibe is healthy, you can go big. Quincy Garrier has been really exceptional. Um, one of the best rebounders in the ACC. Uh, great role, man. Um, just as for dive man, as far as going, to going to the rim, um, you know, when they're facing man-to-man teams, he's going to, he's going to be the guy who they put in those actions as, as often as possible. Uh, and again, against zones, he's kind of been the baseline dive man where they put Marek in the high post. So, um, you know, I think they can go big. I think they can go small. I think that will help them. And, you know, I, I'm, but I am really interested to see how they do against the better guards in the ACC and defending them. I just don't think they've been challenged there enough for me to kind of have a a fair assessment. Um, But if you can't do that and your big start to get in foul trouble, which is what really hurt them last year, Barama and Marac, like if you have to take those guys off the court and then you don't have that versatility, you can't go big when you need to, that's where this team could really get in trouble. Like there's going to be off shooting nights, but it's when the defense limits what they can do offensively um that i think is is potentially what would like stop them from really keeping up in conference.
0: Yeah, and you, uh Packer and Durham, two ACC network guys, uh they just released their ACC power rankings. Um Pitt was at 11 for both of them and Syracuse was at 6 in both of those. So for what it's yeah. worth, I mean mid-season rankings but
1: Yeah, yeah that, that's fairly reasonable. I mean, it's just such a it's such a weird year like yeah, I, like I would think Syracuse would be roughly middle of the pack. Um, you know, if Kadari Richmond turns out to be really good, like, I, and you can play him more minutes, and that your defense will be better. When Kadari Richmond is on the floor, Syracuse's defense is better. But do they lose their scoring punch? Are teams able to defend them differently? Like can you play tight on Alan Griffin and Buddy Bayheim And then it's like, you know, where does your offense kind of go if you can't space the floor? Then you need to win one on one matchups, and can those other guys actually do that? There are a ton of shot creators on Syracuse's team. Uh, Alan Griffin can do it, you know. Joe Girard and Buddy Bayheim are kind of you know, and in the right <laughs> with the right matchup and the right opportunity, you can catch the ball in a swing, you can catch a guy off balance kind of thing. But you know, they this this team isn't built with guys who can go and get buckets, so. Um, you know, I think, I think as far as maybe elevate what could elevate them, Kadari Richmond's the guy who I'd be looking at.
0: Awesome. And, and just one last thing for me. So the spread uh, released earlier today, I believe at nine and a half, according to FanDuel, Syracuse was nine and a half point favorites over, under was one forty two and a half. and a half. So let's hear, you got a prediction. Do you think Syracuse is going to cover? You got a score prediction,
1: anything? It's a great question. Two teams who haven't played in like two, two and a half weeks. Um, you know, I don't know. Syracuse's defense was really bad in the Bryant game. I mean, it was an 85-84 game. Uh, so if they've been shooting well, I could see. I could definitely see a high-scoring game. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly what the pace is going to be like. Again, low sample size in the ACC. So when you're looking at totals, like pace is almost more important than efficiency. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> basically, basically, I don't know. I could see a high scoring game. Um, Syracuse likes to push tempo. Uh, but, you know, depending on what Pitt's trying to do, I, I guess it could it could slow down. Um, yeah. I, depending on who's out for Pittsburgh. Right. Which we don't know. I know. Right. Uh, you know, the, the coach said a couple of guys were undisclosed are going to be out. Um, that could swing the line significantly depending on, on who they are. And you guys probably right. know that more than me. So I guess I would lean towards Syracuse, but... Yeah, so
0: we know Justin Champagne is going to be out, obviously, with his leg injury six weeks. Um, But then, yeah, yesterday, in case nobody heard, Jeff Capel said that two to three more players, uh, scholarship players, not walk-ons, will be out for tomorrow's game due to contact tracing. And we don't know. He said he couldn't tell who it was. um, But we do know, or we think, according to... Pitt's basketball Instagram page, they posted a picture of Audis Tony and Kareem Koulibaly in practice yesterday. So we think it is not going to be either one of them two, which would be which would be pretty big. I mean, those are two of our top guys that we need. Um, you saw how we looked against Louisville without Tony. It was it was a struggle um, to score the ball. But I think, I mean, if it's Xavier Johnson, if it's X, I think that'll be a huge blow to Pitt. Other than that, if Koulibaly, Tony and Johnson all play. Um, I don't know how much, I mean, relatively it'll matter who the two are. I mean, cause it feels like to me, I don't know about you, Steven, um, but it feels like to me that Jeffress, Sabande, Collier, I mean, they they all kind of kind of rotate that two guard, three guard position. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see, but hopefully it's not Tony, Koulibaly or X is,
2: is what I'm what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we we probably won't know until I think literally the teams take the floor um, tomorrow night. Pitt is kind of notoriously uh, secretive. I, I'd say with injuries across the athletic department, I found you know Pat Narduzzi, the head football coach, is infamous for it. Um, but I've also found it to be true in some other sports too. But yeah, I, I yeah I like I agree with you what you said, George. Um, outside of those kind of those kind of first three guys you mentioned, uh, Johnson, Tony, and and cool Bali. The, the 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 difference between playing with or without some of those rotation guys doesn't doesn't change a whole lot so
1: yeah fair enough yeah I mean I mean we'll see uh so I guess I'd probably lean towards Syracuse and that's why they're favored by nine but you know trying to predict a game like this is just like I wouldn't put my money on anything.
2: Yeah no.
0: Dave you got anything else?
2: Nope, I think that's all I got. Thanks awesome. man awesome Thanks, well,
0: thank you for coming on, Stephen. It was great. And uh, we'll look forward to watching the game tomorrow night. Maybe see you there on TV. So Yeah,
1: no problem. All right. Hey, take care, guys. Appreciate you having me on.
0: See you later. Thanks. That was a great interview with Stephen Bailey of 24-7 Sports. Don't forget to check him out over there. Um, he'll be there in the Carrier Dome tomorrow night covering the game. Um, so now we move on to kind of the pit side of things, the – Panthers uh, haven't played since December twenty second, but neither have Syracuse. They've their last game was on the nineteenth, and they've they're coming into the game at six and one. I mean they've beaten they've won their last three games, beating Boston College, Northeastern, and Buffalo, who are ranked the numbers one hundred and five, one sixty one, and one eleven teams in the nation by Ken Palm. Um, so that's I mean those wins aren't very impressive. Uh, They lost to Rutgers uh, like we talked about in the interview and currently they're number 30 on that Kempom list while Pitt sits at number 80. So it'll be interesting to see us, us go on the road uh, into the carrier dome, which is usually a hostile environment, but I don't think any fans will be there. So, so we'll see how we do.
2: Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the effect that, that no fans has on, on kind of these, these classic environments that we know in college basketball. So you know, I haven't watched enough Kansas or, uh, I'm trying to think of some other like San Diego State, whatever. Like these places with typically really raucous student sections and home environments. Like you wonder how much uh, of an impact losing fans will have, um, especially for if you're a team like Pitt, who's, uh, three and 20 over the last three years in true road games. Uh, you know, how much of that was just being uncomfortable in someone else's gym and how much of that was, uh, kind of a fan aspect. Um, so I guess we'll get a little bit closer. we won't get a full answer, but we'll get a little bit closer to finding out what that uh, what the real source of uh, pit struggles on the road uh, are like are about
0: yeah, and it's definitely worth noting that um the northwestern game was on the road and when I was in the building for that, it was really like it seemed like that three and twenty road record would be hard to believe. but Maybe this year, without the fans, then Pitt can kind of take advantage of that and win some on the road because they were really, like the bench was super loud. I mean, assistant coaches were super loud. I've talked about this in past episodes, but it seemed like in that game that they were they were ready to go, even though it was an away game. But oh, that with that being said, they probably had one of their first halves I've ever seen them play. Um, so we kind of got lucky with that. Our defense was up that game. Hold Northwestern now. Northwestern also had a little stint in the rankings there last week. Um, So that's that's turned into a pretty solid win. I mean, they lost two straight Big Ten games since then. But, yeah, it's it's a pretty solid win.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, like, part of the, like, fun thing about this season. And, uh, you know, it's kind of in solidly in consideration like that's a huge like a huge win over northwestern is just getting bigger and bigger i think the win over miami is going to end up looking better and better as they like uh as they move along through the season and, and get more games under their belts and now they've got kind of a, a pretty difficult stretch going on here you know um road game at syracuse home against florida state Road against Georgia Tech, uh, who's not really a pushover, not one of the ACC's stronger teams, but definitely not a pushover, um, I'd say. Uh, then Syracuse and Duke at home. Uh, like, this kind of whole month of, uh, of January is going to be pretty big uh, for stacking some wins before you enter a really difficult stretch of games in February.
0: Yeah, and right now Pitt ranks second in the ACC in rebounds per game uh 41.9 and they've out rebounded five of their first seven opponents uh which is i mean that's a notable stat because it's not like we're one of the tallest teams in the acc at all like probably one of the shorter teams and obviously without Champagne, that's i bet we'll follow in those stats um because he was just an animal inside he just has a nose for the ball but um yeah, like Stephen said earlier in the interview, Syracuse, one of their weaknesses has been rebounding in defense. So if we can keep up our offensive rebounding um, that we've started out with this season, get those second chance points, I mean, I think we'll have a chance. Um, yeah, and then it says here, Panthers are third in the ACC in assists and are assisting on 57.9% of their made field goals. So those are led by... Um, X and Tony assisting numbers, at least for players who are playing, so it'll be interesting.
2: Yeah, and if, I mean, we're kind of assuming that Addis Tony will, he I think Coach Cable said he would have played, uh, on the in the game, a game against Duke on the that was originally scheduled for the 29th um, of December, but uh, so we assume we'll play against Syracuse, uh, barring any, uh, any injuries in practice that we haven't heard of, but. I think his return will be huge. Like just another like pretty solid ball handler, a guy who knows the offense and a guy who can put the ball in the basket. Like that'll be a little bit of a security blanket after um after having to go without both him and and Justin in their last game against Olivo.
0: Yeah, and you talked about their road record. Um obviously brutal in Capel's tenure, but they've won their first two road games this season, Miami Northwestern. Um if we were to win this game, this would be our first three game road win streak since the 2013 14 season. So, I mean, it'd be it'd be a pretty big accomplishment for Capel. I mean, obviously, the program's heading in the right direction. I think a lot of people can agree on that. Um, but just with the it's... ACC, with injuries, like the Champagne injury is just brutal. Um, yeah.
2: Because I, mean, I thought the one, the one kind of comforting thing is that you know that. Pitt isn't kind of going to be the isn't going to be the only t- like obviously any injury to one of your best players isn't ideal but you can kind of take some solace in the fact that on any given night uh, your opponent can be down two or three players because of right. COVID things and contact tracing so you know obviously not good to lose one of your best players but you gotta kind of realize that it's also just part of the game this year.
0: All right, so the game Pitt at Syracuse will be on Wednesday, January sixth. 2021 Um, feels weird to say that but the game will tip off at 4 30 p.m televised on acc network and you can listen along on 93.7 the fan um yeah i'm excited to see it i think i think pit will come out oh obviously i mean nobody really knows i don't think you can predict this game without knowing who's going to be out for pit because it could obviously take if if it is x and tony like that spread's going to skyrocket. Like, you'll have no idea. We're going to have no idea who to predict. But saying if if those three, X, Tony, and Koulibaly were in, I think Pitt can give them a shot. Because um, obviously Syracuse is not very good at defense, um, like Steven said earlier. So I think if, Horton's, if Horton heats up, Sabanda heats up, any of our guards start shooting the ball well, I think it'll be a close game and a really high-scoring game.
2: Yeah, those seem like big ifs, but I'd have to agree with you.
0: All right. Thank you guys for listening. Um,
1: We're looking forward to the game tomorrow night. See you all.